Thank you, as always, for listening to Caleb vs. Self. On this episode, I get a chance to speak with Ryan Purvis, filmmaker, traveler, just an overall fascinating dude. We talk about how he got into this traveling, minimalist lifestyle. We talk about some of the books that he has on his book club, and I get a chance to suggest a couple to him, which is really cool. And we continue to just banter about how we can have more difficult conversations with each other. We dive more into his particular life, uh, some of his content on his YouTube channel. For example, he did a 3,000-kilometer motorcycle trip through Vietnam, which is really cool. You can find a lot of his work on YouTube and on Instagram at Ryan Purvis. Hopefully you check him out, and hopefully you enjoy the conversation that he and I had. try it again right gardener skateboarder world traveler all sorts of stuff so uh right from the get-go uh how is it that you got into traveling so much where did that come from um yeah so it it came from initially from my brother as a young kid um i got to hear stories from him as he was like leading tours uh around the united states and he would do that during the summers and he would just take you know, like 15 or 20 people from outside of the country, they get into his van and he's just driving them around the country, showing them specific parts and stuff like that. And then, um, he would, he would, uh, take his money that he's made from that entire summer. And then he'd go travel in Southeast Asia and Europe and New Zealand and, and, um, and then whenever he had a moment, he would come home. And that's when I would kind of like get to hear his conversations with his friends about like what he did when he was traveling, like all of his crazy stories. And, and, you know, like he was like an idol to me. So when I, when I saw him doing all these things like that, um, yeah, it's just like a, a natural to gravitate towards that kind of lifestyle as well when you grow up. Um, because I kind of am like an adventurous soul, like, I think I was just born that way. And uh, and then lucky enough to have him just kind of like push me in that direction. And it wasn't until I was 25 that uh, I was actually living with him in California at the time and didn't know what I was doing uh, with my life. And just, But just every night I would hear him on the couch across from me just being like, Ryan, man, you should go travel Asia. You should... You should get out there. You should start doing something. This is the time to do it, man. And um, finally convinced me enough to buy a ticket to Thailand and spent three months. I was over there uh, three months by myself going from Thailand to Laos to Cambodia, back to Thailand. And then at the end of it, I was just like, okay, this is, I understand what he's talking about, where it's like how amazing it is what you can learn about yourself and through new experiences like that. And um, so I went back home and sold everything, everything that I had left, which wasn't too much because I only had like what could fit in my car, but sure, sold all sure. that stuff. And then uh, so I had nothing, no reason to go back home. And then just I, I probably saved about 20 grand and uh, just took off to Vietnam and and now I'm in New Zealand four years later, four, five years later. And just, I think I've, I've gone home once or twice, maybe. But uh, I've just, I just love the new experiences. Like, you, it's just addicting, man. Yeah. Well, for that first trip, I'm going to change gears a little bit here. Mm-hmm. On that first trip, what experience did you get to first where you were like, oh, this is what he was talking about. This is what I'm in love with. Let's see where I can go with this. Do you do you happen to remember? Um, uh, it's probably all a whirlwind to you at this <laughs> point. <laughs> it really is. I'm trying to think of like when I first got to Thailand. Um, it was it was more of like what I fell in love with was the culture and just the way that you saw people live their lives in comparison to what I was always used to in the states. It's just. A completely different world and right. and you kind of see like 
you see these people that almost have like some people obviously that have almost like nothing to their name at all and they're just genuinely happy and welcoming and it's just like it's such a nice i don't know how to describe it it's just really nice to experience that well, it feels authentic kind of, right absolutely yeah like there's a there's a true happiness and you're looking at somebody who literally has nothing and you probably know all sorts of people back back home that comparatively speaking are super rich and are yeah. miserable right exactly exactly and it's so probably it, infectious for you yeah it definitely it's, it's if that if that's like the moment that i can think of that that was like i was like okay i want more experiences like this that that might be it it wasn't like oh i went and had this food or oh i went and went bungee jumping or something like that it was like just seeing the local people and the way that they lived and just experiencing that culture and then i was like okay well if it's like that here what's it like in laos and then what's it like in cambodia and then it's just you realize how different it is all around and it's just it becomes addicting man yeah well i mean like I like I said before, you know, you've done the motorcycle ride through Vietnam. You've done the hike through again uh, the I'm gonna butcher it again, dude. Annapura <laughs> Circuit, right? Yeah. Uh, that was in Nepal. You've yeah. put yourself, it seems like, as time goes on, in yeah. increasingly more difficult and challenging situations. And it seems to be based on what you just said, you're looking to continue that really authentic experience of meeting people and being able to experience their culture. Mm. I know right now you're in New Zealand and you're doing these gorgeous hikes in these just amazing mountains. What's next? Like, where are you going to push that to that next envelope to? Do you have an idea? Well, we leave New Zealand in uh, a week. We're headed to the UK. And, uh, and that change of moving to the UK was kind of like out of, my control because there's more of like a, a visa problem mm-hmm. and a visa issue. And because, uh, well, okay. So my partner is from South Africa, okay, but she, and she, but she is lucky enough to have a UK citizenship and being as an American, this is like the only place left. Cause we met it. We both met in Australia and this is the only place left that would allow us to, to have a working visa where we could both like live and work in the country legally because the United States doesn't um, validate a civil partnership. And um, so we couldn't, she couldn't just uh, migrate there with me unless we had to get married and bring religion into it necessarily. So, and a lot of people do that and it's fine and everything, but we're, we, we don't want to get, you know, have to get married for the, for the sake of staying together. We'd like to do it if we chose to in our own religious way kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so this 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 yeah problem here in New Zealand happened, and now we're moving to the UK, and it's we get six months there as a US citizen, um, and so we don't know what we're doing yet. We're going to be maybe going back and forth between the US and and the UK, but right that alone is an adventure. It's like it's like uh, we're going to make it work. Like the adventure is how we're going to make it work pretty much right. and doing it on, on our own terms. And um, we, we've done some research and it looks like we might be able to get a, an, I think the UK acknowledges civil partnerships. So we might be able to be able to stay there, even though it's, you know, I've been there once, but it's not like the, the prettiest, but we're going with an open mind. So hoping it's, <laughs> hoping well, it's a, you know. Each area, each country, each region has, although it might not be as yeah. beautiful as another one, has yeah. their own unique right, yeah. aspects to living there, being there, experiencing that culture. So I have a feeling you'll be just fine yeah, finding yeah. all sorts of experiences. But um, it, it's interesting you talking about like the visa challenge, because I, I would imagine living in different countries that the legal language of different things like whether or not you're married as opposed to a partnership or whether or not you're working as opposed to visiting. What's been the most difficult part for you trying to navigate, you know, visiting all these different countries and in some cases staying there for an extended period of time? Well, I've only had that problem with uh, New Zealand, but uh, you know, it's good for everyone to kind of check where, you know, wherever they're from to check where where you can get a working holiday visa and just see if you can apply. But the U S doesn't get very many. We get Australia and New Zealand. So you can go live and work there for a year. If you're under the age of 30, 
and it's pretty pretty basic and easy and you can get it and um anyone can pretty much get it um so it's not too hard and as far as traveling goes and and entering new countries yeah it's pretty pretty easy just a google search and you know as long as you just you're staying within the amount of time that you're allowed there um yeah pretty easy so let me shift gears then a little bit because you did a 2016 video with these guys that owned, in quotation marks, the oh. uh, Amarillo Bar, right? Uh, no, the Marimba. Marimba, sorry. Marimba, yes. yes. So yes. that, right, when I look at those two guys, how does that, <laughs> is that just because they're in what I don't think is necessarily considered a first world country, they can get away with kind of doing stuff like that? Yeah, they were getting away with it. But they were, what they were trying to do, the way that they were, um, the way that they had like made it out in their head, the way that made sense, was um, they they kind of went around to uh, this, like they loved this this local woman who, they loved her food there. Um, and uh, they just wanted to get more people to her restaurant. And so it was their idea that they would, open up a bar and take care of the bar for them and bring in that money for her, which would also bring in like a more service and more food and stuff like that. So they're, they're just trying to help her out, but also for them, they got to build something where they love being and, uh, and they find ways to, to make it work legally by like doing visa runs and stuff like that. Um, but on, on their end, it's kind of more like a uh, shady, like <laughs> I, I heard stories of like them dealing with the mafia and it didn't, it didn't go over well Sure. in the, in the end. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. People do stuff like that all around and, and um, yeah, as long as you're, as long as you're not doing it on someone's turf, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to really well, it was say. Interesting. You like filming that and talking to them and watching them go throughout their day, getting the, getting the palms and buying the alcohol and kind of setting everything yeah. up. Uh, it was interesting. And I, I never even realized that people, uh, you know, at, at that age, you know, between 20 and 30, let's say are out there just experiencing the world and just finding a way to make it work. Cause that's what it seemed like. They liked being there. They liked living there and they wanted to continue to like support that little area so that they could keep, you know, doing them. And it was really cool. Yeah. It's, it's a big, um, there's a big community of those people in Southeast Asia and mainly from Europe as well. Like it's, I think it's a, it's a very American thing where after high school, you are going straight into university, going straight into college, mm-hmm. where if you go to you know Thailand, you're going to meet 17, 18, 19 year old Germans, Dutch, and th- what's normal to them is a gap year. And they all go to, to Asia and just, have their experience and that's yeah where they you know they might find a hostel that they like and they want to hang out there for a couple of months before they go on to the next place it's just so affordable for them to do that especially making the currency that they are and bringing it over to you know a third world country so um there's so many people that are doing that and yeah taking advantage of that you know it's crazy because I do feel like, and I could be wrong, but I'll ask you because you're more a part of that community. Do you feel like as far as Americans are concerned, that's kind of a growing thing? Or is that pretty like, you know, there's this many people that do this and then that's kind of it. Or, or do you feel like it's starting to kind of catch on a little bit, this gap year, if you will, if I steal your phrase idea? I, I don't actually know. It, it's it's funny because some places like, have, like for, in, for instance, New Zealand, there's a lot of Americans. Australia, there's like a good amount of Americans, but in Asia, there are none. Really? Not, like, not at least not my age, maybe like older, a lot of older Americans, but um, not my age, no. Uh, it, it just kind of depends on what area. Like, for instance, in Bali, there's a lot of Australians. Um, it just, it just kind of depends. Like, maybe like for Mexico, there's a lot of Americans. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it's just yeah, a bit closer and not too far away. They don't have to, you know, spend two days getting over to Southeast Asia when it's just like a maybe a two-hour flight down to Mexico, right? Well, I was going to say, how long was your flight? Because <laughs> that had to have been a like an <laughs> 11-hour flight or something to that effect, right? Uh, to New Zealand. 
to New Zealand it was? Uh, well, from where? From, uh, so, from, well, see, that's what's hard about you is that I don't know what your, <laughs> your previous destination was, right? Because I think yeah. you're from Minnesota, or at yeah. least your parents are, right? Yeah, from Minnesota. So, so from Minnesota, you go out to California to be to to live with your brother for a little bit, and then from there you go to Southeast Asia, and then or, or the first time of Southeast Asia, right? I don't know. Yeah, and then I went and then straight from, back to Southeast Asia. Okay, so you went back to the U.S. back to Southeast Asia. Where'd you go after that second Southeast Asia trip? So the typical thing to do after you spent all of your money in Southeast Asia is you go is <laughs> <laughs> you go work in Australia. Okay. So. So you go down there, you make as much, like a lot of people work on farms, so they just do casual jobs here and there and save up more money just to go back out and travel again. Um, but that didn't end up happening for me as I met my partner in Australia. We were both, we like to say we were both scrubbing toilets because we were both working in a hostel. Okay. So we were like, you know, we would, we would clean toilets, we would make beds. And we would look after the bar and stuff. That's where we had originally met doing that. And it's just a great way to save money really fast when you're not having to pay rent. So you're just working for rent, maybe like 10 hours a week. And then then you can go do like work a bar job or whatever you want, save some money. But uh, for us, we were just trying to find a way to stay together because my visa ended in Australia before hers. And then we're like, okay, we can go to New Zealand. So it was like all of our money, all of our effort was to meet her, was to meet, meet back up in New Zealand. Um, she had to stay there make money. Uh, yeah. And I, I went to the U S for some family stuff and then back to New Zealand and definitely a lot of flying now that I, now that I'm saying all this, (laughs) A lot yeah. of time in airports, a lot of time being cramped behind somebody, oh, especially yeah. if you're going to literally the other side of the world. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's not a lot of stops in the Pacific Ocean, is there? No, you go straight from California to Australia. So the How long, long is that flight? flight? <sighs> you 12? probably don't want... I, I'm bringing up like bad memories, aren't I? Is that, what, <laughs> is that the problem? <laughs> no, man. I just crush movies. I just... I, I'll... I'll plow into like maybe four films and yeah, now I'm now I'll probably bring books cause now I'm big into reading. So I'll bring a book yeah. with me this time. You started that, that book club and I've been looking at some of the book titles that you have in there. I haven't read most of them. I'll be honest with you, but yeah. if I may, I do have a recommendation for a book. You can take it or leave it either way. What is it's, it? Uh, got? I've got it right here. You may have already read it, being a travel of yourself, but it's called uh, Wolf by Jim Harrison. I don't know if you're familiar no. with Jim Harrison. Nope. Dude. All right. After this, like, send me your address, and I'll just mail this to you, because I think that this uh, kind of fits a little bit of your motif, but in an American style. Cool. Uh, it's about a guy who just reflects on his life during a hiking trip trying to find the last wolf in Michigan. Ooh, and that's, I'll just yeah. leave it at that. It's a, it's a fictional book, but Jim Harrison is is a f- an amazing author, and I have a feeling you're gonna like this book. So, um, yeah, I I try to read all genres. I don't stick to anything. I just like to keep mixing it up. So definitely, man, really. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've got a whole great. bunch of different. Um, I mean, in the the categories on your website are really cool. You've got find meaning and purpose, travel, um, Bill Bryson, which I want to ask you a little bit about because I <laughs> seem to be a, a fan of 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 his work. Yeah, um, yeah. Novels, biographies, nonfictions, sci-fi dystopians, which, you know, who doesn't like a good, mm. you know, sci-fi dystopian? 1984, you've got in there. I see that one. Yeah. Um, business, self-help. It's really, I, I like the thought process and I like you sharing your work on your own personal, like, like reflections. I mean, the thing that attracted me to want to talk to you was your video being a simple kind of man is life changing. And in there you talk about the two things you really focus on, which is experiences, which I mean, hell just go to Ryan's YouTube channel and you'll see all sorts of stuff. But the second thing is that continuous self-improvement. And it seems to be that books are starting to help you guide that. Is there a book in particular that is like, if you don't read any other book, this is the book that I really like. (laughs) <laughs> uh, one book in particular i it, it doesn't have to be one but you know wh- i say what books one, are really 
Yeah. There's, there's one book that really played on my mind for like months after reading it, and it's called um, The Reluctant Adventures of, oh God, I don't even know the title, I'm going to butcher it. The Reluctant Adventures of the Messiah, and it's okay. called the, the Illusions by Richard Botch, Batch, I'm not sure what's the name, but okay. I would look into that one, and I'm not going to say anything about it. And after, after all the books that I said, it's, it's just had, um, yeah, how do I tie this in? Like I wanted to make that book club because when I started getting into books, I kind of wanted like someone that I, you know, someone that I trust or someone that I, uh, you know, look up to, I wanted them to have that like uh, just a library of books that they've read and then like their Im- the impact that it's had on them. And uh, that way you can kind of see like um, what you might want to read next. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to make. Just like, uh, yeah, just, just kind of share the impact that it's had on me. And this book, um, I was just, I was thinking about it for months after reading it. It was, it was like a, a life-changing book. And I've got it pulled up on Amazon here. So it's it's going in the cart. It's cool. going to be one of the ones that I read. Um, yeah. What's the next? I know you're working on, what are you working on right now? I just had it up to The Mastery of Love. Oh, yeah. Just finished that one. Yeah, that was, have you read that one? I have not. I have not. I, I like the uh, information, the short brief, your favorite quote, the impact on you, all that stuff that you put into Instagram is really cool. Um, I haven't read that one, but what's the next one that's coming out, or is that a mystery? I just got a, I just got a message from the library. I tried to put, a, I think it's called The Little Prince by, um, it's a French author. It's like a children's book. Um but but it's uh i don't know i've been recommended this book by so many people that i need to read because uh it is meant for children but it has so much uh concepts in, within it that you can appreciate at any age level so okay. i'm i'm going to try and read that before we leave <laughs> so for that do you put up the book that you're going to read before you read it or do you put it up after you've read it and you put in your quote and what you got yeah. from it how do you do that part just after it. I, I don't give it too much attention just because um, I haven't found the right rhythm to, to make it all work yet, but it's like a work in progress. Like, obviously I want to share it and make it more communal, but it's uh, right now it's early days and I'm still trying to work out the kinks and how I want to share it. But um, I, I honestly am a fan. I know I'm not, you know, anybody, I'm some guy in a basement somewhere, but the books the, that you're choosing, the stuff that you're reading is really cool. One of the ones that I have read, The Call of the Wild, Jack London, that one ah. is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I want to ruin it. I heard it's got bad reviews, so I don't want to ruin really? it either. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that one that one was a really good book. Just, just uh, I feel like I can spoil it because it's pretty. Well, I won't do that. Um, what are you big into adventure books or like a um if you're into this what do you call it jim morrison no jack morrison who's this guy jim jim harrison jim harrison uh, this one the wolf or and then do you have do you have any other books like that you should send me those i'm curious (laughs) i've got the old man and the boy which is a uh, a bunch of short stories with uh, kind of a hunting focus. I know, if I'm not mistaken, you're, uh, I don't know if it's vegan or vegetarian. Yeah, I'm living the vegan lifestyle. Okay, which is awesome. I personally <laughs> try to do my best to live a, uh, I don't know what you would describe it, but uh, uh, I don't know, procurement. So uh, I hunt. Yeah. So I go deer hunting, whitetail hunting here, turkey hunting, that type of stuff. And I'm fascinated by... Um, kind of the old timey uh, mentorship, if you will. So in this, it is, you know, an older guy teaching a boy as he's getting older, life lessons through hunting and hiking and forestry and things of that nature. Right. Um, The other one that, especially for hunters and for people who maybe disagree with hunting, uh, because obviously there's a lot of that as well. There's a book by um, Jim Posowitz called Beyond Fair Chase, The Ethics and Tradition of Hunting. 
and it Ooh. really gives you a better breakdown and an understanding of why people hunt and the ethical reasons that they have and the ethical methods that they have to do what they do. So there's a weird dichotomy between, you know, people who eat your Burger King and then want to mm. ridicule people who actively go out and try to, you know, harvest their own meat. It's a really yeah. good kind of point to say, hey, he- here's why, here's what we appreciate. And this is the rules that we try to follow as hunters outside of even the law to make sure that we're still doing this as ethically as possible. So yeah, I got all like... sorts of other stuff though. <laughs> I'll, I will actually check that one out because I, I um just as someone who likes to learn, I, I want to learn from both sides and just hear both arguments when it comes to anything really. And, um, and then just, yeah, develop my, my own opinion after that. But it's so important to, to do that in the process of learning to hear both sides of the argument. And it's hard today to figure out what the two sides actually are. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I could be wrong about that, but it feels like no matter what, you know, for or against discussion you get into, there seems to be so much disinformation and just outlandish claims. So it's hard to sift through that. And what I appreciate about your mentality towards it is the fact that like, okay, I'm not going to be perfect probably, but let me at least put in the effort to try and figure it out. And that's awesome. Yeah, I've I've learned a lot to the point where like I've I um in the beginning, I think every vegan has this mindset, or maybe it was just me, but you have this idea that you what you think is is right, obviously, and right. then you almost feel like everyone else is um they're not open as open minded as you are, but it's more like um what what you learn is it's a learning process, obviously, when you make these kind of um life changes these decisions like that you you learn to just people have their own rights and wrongs in their heads they can do whatever they'd like to do and i'm happy with whatever you choose to do and it's just differing from mine but maybe there's we can still chat and like have a good conversation about it and learn something from either side you know there's Mm -hmm. no one right or wrong obviously what I enjoy about that and what I think is dangerous about those echo chambers, Ryan, is that yeah, if, yeah. if you as a vegan never take the attempt to figure out why people go hunting and me as someone who hunts never tries to figure out why someone would be a vegan, what we'd lose from that is it is a higher sense of community and relationship. So for me, one of the things that I know from past conversations I've had with, with vegans and, and vegetarians alike is lowering my consumption of meat is probably a good thing regardless of whatever else, you know, whatever other argument you can make. Yeah. And for me, you know, the opposite would be at least from your point of view, me as a hunter, I'm actively trying to procure my own and harvest my own meat as opposed to just getting it from factory farms and going to Burger King every single day and wolfing down a a triple Whopper and, you know, not worrying anything about it. Yeah. So without those conversations, we never have that realization. And and I think so far, at least in this conversation, that's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, man. I like I have friends that do the same the same uh, same thing as you. They do hunt, they hunt, and they they try and eat less meat. And um, I feel like they almost feel obligated to say those things to me, but. I just want them to know that, hey, man, I'm happy with whatever you choose to do. It's it's your choice. The you know, there's tons of science and facts and all that stuff is out there. You can make whatever decision you want. I'm not gonna like, you know, hate you or anything because you think differently than me. That would be absurd, you know. So, yeah, yeah. we need more. I think we need that mindset. I think. Yeah, there's 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 not a reason why if you and I have opposing views, we can't have a conversation and do several things, right? Me learn more about you, me learn more about myself and me potentially finding other ways to contribute um, to the overall community in, in whatever way that ends up being. And yeah. and there needs to be more of that. So I appreciate you doing this, bro. <laughs> appreciate you having me on, man. Um, so in that conversation, one of your videos, you had a quote from Jane Goodall. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's the so long as never ending economic growth remains the goal of our governments and our major financial institutions. And so long as the corporate bottom line continues to put immediate profit above the future of our children, so on and so forth, 
the crimes against the natural world will continue. For you as somebody who loves to get out into the wilderness and really find a piece of yourself, how impactful is that statement from Jane? And where do you see potentially like the future of all this free space that we've been able to enjoy at this point? Uh, Not to throw a hard one your way, but... I almost have a pessimistic viewpoint about it, but um, trying to stay, yeah, a little bit um, more, more because of like, I don't get too caught up in politics, but I just like to think to myself, whatever they are saying, they won't end up doing it. And um, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's not one of my expertise. I definitely don't know what I'm talking about here, but uh, I, I know there's been a lot of problems with like public land problems in the United States and stuff like that. And it just gets kind of swept under the rug for most of like, I I see people fight for it, but I I don't see like too many wins here and there. And um, I don't know. I like I, when, when she says that, I just feel like uh, as long as there's money in politics, like it's, it's not going to be good for the environment. Mm-hmm. Because if profit is the main driver. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no there's no recourse for nature to say, hey, this is too much, right? Yeah, right. And yeah. I mean, I think that's the other thing that I really get from a lot of your videos, especially on your travel videos, is seeing that natural beauty that you film so often in so many different parts of the world. And then I step outside here and look at a highway and a gas station sign and it just looks ugly and it looks depressing <laughs> right it but really then i look is, at your so. videos and i'm like man ryan's in the thick of it he's breathing the the wonderful mountain air and he's you know going through all this and, and experiencing life yeah. uh if anything i hope people watch your videos and maybe step outside and realize like mm, i should go hiking more or i should right take the time to be outside a little more often i might not be able to go to you know Kathmandu, but I can at least go down to the park and get some fresh air and and appreciate what we do have at this point. That is, that is the goal. That is the goal just to give some sort of inspiration to go outside or, or try something you haven't tried. And um, yeah, originally when I started filming uh, my, for like the YouTube channel back in, I don't know, 2016, it was just, just to show like my family back home, what it was like. Cause my mom and dad haven't traveled uh, to Asia or anything, or um, my sister and brother hadn't either, my younger sister and brother. So it was just kind of a nice way to capture what it was like and then share it with them. And mm-hmm. um, they can kind of ha- live that experience through the videos as well. And yeah, when you make something like out hiking in New Zealand, man, it's it's like no one... I'm privileged to be here and to do that, but it takes a lot of sacrifice to be here and to do that. And uh, it's, it's a lot of un, feeling uncomfortable and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations just to be able to do it. But it, it doesn't need to be like, like it's so beautiful in the States. Like I'm sure, yeah, you live right next to the, the freeway, but I'm sure if you drive two hours and you're in the, the Adirondacks or I don't know. I don't know actually where Rochester yes, is, but you, you are correct. It would be three hours to the Adirondacks. Far. Yeah, yeah no, that's not far. Yeah. I have a backpacking trip with my brothers planned for a three day weekend in about two weeks. And that's literally why we go, Ryan, oh, <laughs> it's to yeah, get man, away from, it. you know, no cell phone and no, just let's get out there. And, uh, we don't typically take curated trails, which is a pain. Oh. We try to bushwhack our way to different types of, uh, places because if you do that you know very few people have ever been where you are even yeah. in new york which you wouldn't think you think everyone's been everywhere but there's there's yeah. little spots where you know you can carve out that feeling of almost being on a different planet and, and for you i think it's much easier in all the places you've been but that feeling and in that ability to be out there and self-reflect seems to be really important in a lot of your content as well what is it that you try to do when you're out there especially by yourself i hold on i do want to ask you about bears because i'm so curious about bears (laughs) but so um when you're out there in the adirondacks uh what is it 
what's going through your mind though as you're walking around you obviously have a bear canister right and and what else no. do you bring to bring it no you don't have a bear canister no no no, no. so the you area that somewhere. we go to is that it's it's so congested with vegetation that it's even hard for wildlife to be in there ah. so the chances of you running into a bear are extremely slim in fact in the states you're more likely to run into a bear on the outskirts of suburbs than you are like in parks, like in those giant uh, parks, because it's easier for bears to carve out a living in between the farmland and the suburbs. There's plenty of garbage. There's plenty of resources for bears to get a hold of. There's plenty of hiding spots. It's a lot right. easier for, I mean, it's not just bears either, raccoons, possums, uh, you know, turkey, quail, any any sort of these these animals tend to do better right on the outskirts of of kind of your suburb to farmland area. Um, so when you okay. go that far, you typically it's very rare that you're going to run into something. I should bring a bear canister. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> we did sleep next to a rock outclo- outcropping uh, last fall that I thought was a a bear den, uh, yeah. but I screamed and yelled and did enough to make sure that there's nothing in there. So we were all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You don't really hear that many stories of bear attacks, do you? No, I mean, for the most part, bears will live and let live. Um, yeah. Typically, they're going to be more afraid of you. The only bear that's, there's only two types of bears that I know of, and I have not had any experience with either one, but it's going to be a bear with sows, with cubs. I'm yeah. sorry, a sow with cubs. And it's going to be a bear that has already marked a kill. So if you stumble across, you know, a dead deer, you you're best to move on. Just get out of there, right? Because yeah, there might right. be a bear nearby that's claimed that kill. Other okay. than that, though, they they'll leave you alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> well, you guys have them in Minnesota, don't you? Uh, bears. Mm, yeah. I don't think so. Not well. Maybe yeah. Maybe in the north. Yeah, probably in the north. Minnesota but, is a pretty pretty big state, so. <laughs> yeah, not not where I'm from. No, definitely not. But I do want to do some um, exploring around the Lake Tahoe region because that's where my older brother is from. And yeah, I just know that there are some bears there too. So I was just looking for some advice, and you you kind of calmed my nerves a little bit about them as well. So thanks for that. <laughs> well, the simple thing is that if it's a grizzly, just play dead because they won't be interested in you. If it's a black bear. <laughs> Then what you want to do is you want to grab some like branches or something to make yourself look really big. Yeah. And you wave them in the air and just scream and yell and they'll they'll run away from you. Okay. Okay. You'll be fine. But, You'll be fine. <laughs> but uh going back to your question, you said uh, what is it about being out there? Or what am I like searching for? Is that what you're Yeah, what are you are at? are you reflecting? What what thought process are you going through when you go out there and hike all by yourself? Yeah. So because I'm bringing my camera a lot of it is just me having fun with my camera and and just trying to just trying to find nice composition shots just like something that i'll remember it best by so that's kind of my first thought but as i'm like as i'm walking there by myself and and uh just taking it in it's more of like uh it's just a just a time to just to calm yourself i i just I feel so calm and, and uh, yeah, I'm able to reflect on maybe this past week or maybe an issue that's been having, that I've been having um, in my personal life and I can just think about it, think it through. And um, when I come out of there, I'm always like ready to go back into society. Aren't you? Like you're just <laughs> like you, you, you feel like, I feel like I've gone in, I've solved a problem and I'm ready to come back out and, and deal with, with society again do you know what i mean i i do but for me i always run into the issue of like as soon as i get back to society i remember why i left in the first place (laughs) but how long does it before you feel that feeling is it immediate or is it like in a next week or oh no it's in a couple of hours when i put my driveway (laughs) well because i don't know i mean for me it's all right so i got work on monday morning i gotta pull together these reports i gotta do these things and i gotta do a powerpoint and then i gotta sit behind a computer for eight hours ten hours a day just sending emails asking people why they didn't do their job it's not fun okay (laughs) okay so that's that's our difference our lifestyle is different so that's where 
I, I come back to the complete opposite of that. Like, okay. I'm I'm lucky to get some online work, and we're barely like just barely hanging on. So I have so much free time to myself to to do my hobbies and to improve my videos and to spend all my time working on my passion. So it's like, it's like you, you are coming back to something that you, that you dread. Yes. And I'm coming, I'm coming back to something that like, I'm, I'm like ready to, I'm excited to go start working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, I think when you come back, you get the prospect of facing new challenges. They might be uh, yeah. thrust upon you. Uh, they might be something you just haven't had the time to do. Whereas for me, it's back to the meat grinder, back to the blender, back to the same old. So, so far, what I've gotten from this conversation is maybe I need to reevaluate my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. You should. <laughs> everyone well, should. Everyone should evaluate what they're doing. Like, you have to put your happiness first. Mm-hmm. Like on the spectrum, where do you where do you see yourself on the spectrum when it comes to you your happiness and and just kind of evaluate and. And then finagle, just kind of like try and try and work some things through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, life is a constant tweaking of where am I? Where do I want to be? How am I going to get there? Um, I totally get that for, for Mm. me being in the, you know, nine to five grind, it tends to be uh, doing stuff like this, getting to talk to people like you helps me kind of open up my third eye if you will and realize that there's other stuff i could do out there um for you though you come back and you do things like let me do a kickflip in 24 hours how did that go because that had to have been there's a couple moments where you seemed a little frustrated i i was frustrated okay so i spent hours doing that but um you're obviously seeing snippets right right, right. like and i was frustrated for so long but it's it's such a cool thing. Like even if you're not even into skateboarding, it would be cool for everyone to try it because you learn so much about problem solving. Because it's just physics. It's just a little experiment that you're doing with your body, and um, it's it's determination and you know problem solving. That's just like you're thinking like, okay, just tweak my foot this way a little bit. And maybe think about how if I'm jumping straight up or am I leaning forward a little bit? And it's just, it's like a, yeah, fun little experiment that if you have, if you have a day, maybe you could kickflip in a day. It's possible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was fun for me to watch because it's, although you're right, it's only these little snippets. What I see is that cycle of learning happening, right? It's the, I can do this in 24 hours, no problem. (laughs) And then halfway or a third of the way through, you're just like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do this. (laughs) And then two thirds of the way through, you're like, I think I figured it out. And then the moment you land it is also the moment you go, I bet I can do it again. Like that was really cool to see you go through that. And I think it's a, it's a really cool kind of snippet into that learning process and that process doesn't stop when you're 30, right? Yeah. You're going to keep doing that and keep doing that. And, um, it's really cool to see you challenge yourself and to do these things. The other thing you were talking about on one of your videos was a fitness. You were doing like an hour of exercising every day for like a week or something to that effect. Is that just another one of those things that for you is that continuous challenge for personal growth? A little bit. That one's, um, that one is just uh, I like back in high school, early college days. I was big into fitness and just trying to stay fit and 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 uh, you know take care of my body and stuff. But um, yeah, as of recently, I just kind of slowed down. And I always have my dad in the back of my mind when it comes to fitness because he's oh god, he's sixty four now, and he works out every day, goes hiking every day, and. And he just talks about how important it is and how like he sees like some of his friends who have gotten older older and how they can't move anymore. And he, it's probably a fear, but he doesn't want to have that. He doesn't want that to be a part of his life. So I'm kind of in the same mindset. I want to take care of my body because, um, well, one, healthcare is super expensive in the States. So <laughs> yeah, trying to avoid sure. that if possible. <laughs> Right, and right. uh and two is yeah you just no one wants to be unhealthy you know 
so it, when I when I make that video, it's more of like, okay, I don't have a, a workout buddy here that can hold me accountable, but maybe I can have my community hold me accountable, and maybe they can get behind me on this. And it's kind of something I need. I need to be held accountable, especially when it comes to fitness, because it's easy for me just to go a week at my computer editing, researching stuff like that, and and not move. Like I'm yeah. super happy doing it, but I need to prioritize things like my fitness and, and eating and eating well and stuff. So you do really good. It looks like with the eating well, right? Your partner, it looks like puts together fantastic looking, uh, you know, vegetarian, vegan type meals with yeah. the fitness piece. I definitely understand where you're coming from. Cause I run into that same rut myself of like, I haven't done anything in a week. Uh, I need to just go for a jog or I just need to get on the stationary bicycle. I just got to do something. Um, I, I definitely empathize. Actually, I'm I'm thinking about at this point, I might every time I work out, just put it on Instagram and send it to you and be like, what, what have you done today? I'll, I'll, be, your, I'll be your motivator. Please. please. That's <laughs> what I need. Someone just All to right. hold me accountable. We can do it's that. Done. It's done. All right. Every Too time easy. I do something, I'm going to send it to you and be like, bro, what's up? Where are you at? All right. I like it. I like it. It can be anything, just as long yeah, as you're yeah, yeah. As long raising as you're your moving. heart rate. Yeah, yep. exactly. As long as you're moving, as long as you're doing something. Um, so do you find that that's a problem for you? Is, is uh, Like you get yourself in a rut, and is it because no one's holding you accountable, or what's the reason for... I think it's yeah. I think it's no one's holding me accountable, and I think the second thing, the, the, a little lesser, but it's it's easy in my situation, I feel like, to make excuses for myself. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I've got two kids I've got to take care of. I've got, you know, I have my wife and I have my job and I just don't have the time to that. And you and I both know, pardon my French, that's bullshit. Like (laughs) 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you can carve that out in a day, even if it's every other day or four times a week or something like that. Um, I think that's my issue is it's easy to make that excuse and be like, oh, I just don't have time. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. It's too easy. (laughs) Yeah. So the other, some of the other experiences and one of the funnier videos that I appreciated was you putting up the video of trying durian and fruit for the first time. Oh, God. <laughs> that was have, so like authentic of like what it would look like if somebody ate that. Have you, have you tried it before? I have tried it before. Okay. And was it I similar? don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Oh, but I also think I just don't have like the best taste buds to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I think it is an acquired taste from what I've heard and when the comments that I've read on the video, but a lot of people in the area, they, they love durian fruit. Absolutely love it. And, uh, it's, to me, it's like a love hate thing, but maybe if it's like an acquired taste then yeah, people can like it over time. But as far as our first experience, I thought, perfect music to uh to like really showcase how dramatic it was right i was just trying to make it as dramatic as possible but uh if you haven't tried durian yeah yeah definitely people should try it (laughs) for sure it was cool to see like it looked like you were also and in some of your videos i kind of noticed this you're working on and tell me if I'm wrong, but you're working on trying to pull an emotion out of out of a scene using the image and the music as opposed to just me telling you durian tastes like garbage or this hike is really hard or this experience is very freeing. You're doing that with, with music and you're doing that with your editing. Where does that come from? Is that something that you've just been working on the last few years? Is that something that you... Uh, have a goal specific for like are you looking to do a movie or are you looking to do a documentary or something at some point because uh, you're really good from? at it i appreciate that thank you yeah. um but uh i think yeah because i'm a student of youtube you can say i guess um yeah i see a lot of videos of i mean basically what i started doing was just like the typical vlog and i just i don't i don't like that style anymore to an extent. So um, I want to make stuff that I like and that I would watch. And I like to challenge myself with each video to try and tell the story in a super creative way that I could normally just say like, yeah, like for this, for this video that you first saw me on the, uh, 
a simple life or mm-hmm. a simple man uh, can be life changing. Like I could have easily just said, like I'm moving countries, but I tried to take a bunch of concepts, put it together in an interesting way, package it all nice and tight through music to try and also bring out that emotion. And yeah, it just takes practice and and uh like i have for that video i was definitely inspired by a youtuber called van neistat he's he's new and then there's also um leonard skittered for that song as well but yeah i take inspiration from lots of different things and um it's just a growing uh it's an evolution i guess like because you're only going to get better if you keep doing something right and um, I don't really know if there's an angle, if there's like a movie or definitely like I like doing fun documentaries and stuff, but um, nothing that I can sink my teeth into at the moment. But yeah, hopefully someday. That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, the playlist that you had for your Annapurna circuit there, I mean, that essentially plays like a movie. Granted, it's a little <laughs> more vlog style, but there's really cool shots with the drone and there's cool music and and you really dive into a lot of the aspects of that trip and i mean that played like a movie to me so i could absolutely (laughs) see you doing something you know on a larger scale um you know more aimed towards a specific trip or you know maybe a specific you know who knows what it is in the future but i really hope that you keep doing that because like i said that video it's a three minute video essentially and i was like i gotta watch this guy's stuff more because this is really cool. Like the way it was put together and the message that you had in there made me think it forced me to think about, you know, am I living the best way possible? You had me looking around my house being like, why do I have all this shit? I should just throw <laughs> it all out. I don't need it. What's it for? <laughs> oh, so it was really cool. And I appreciated it. Oh, I appreciate the kind words, man. Um, but yeah, I, I think everyone should look around their house. Like I, you'll find hundreds of little things and you're just like, what the hell? Why is this even here? I don't need this. And right. You'll start to, yeah, you'll start to see what you actually value more because you'll get rid of it and then you might not think about it for the rest of your life and you it's forgotten. Or the next week you'll be like, oh shit, I really needed that. So it's a good way to get get rid of some things like one by one each day and see what uh, see what you value. And um, it saves you a lot of money in the end too, you know? It saves don't- a lot of money. It makes it easier to clean your your house condo apartment tent whatever you're living in uh when you have less clutter you feel like your mind is more at ease i feel like um i've been going through and i've been throwing stuff out dude (laughs) yeah and do you feel any better i do Do i feel feel like there's less yes that's the perfect phrase i feel lighter i feel more nimble like i feel like i have space Hmm. and uh it's what, it's something I've never thought about in that context. When you pack your bag and you go, you're going to go in the mountains. Is it like, do you bring a lot of gear because you're bushwhacking? I did that the first time and it was a stupid idea, right? <laughs> it was too heavy. I had too much stuff. You know, I'm, I was carrying, I was carrying cast iron pots. I was oh. carrying fishing poles. I had a fishing tackle. Like I thought I was going to do all this cool stuff. We didn't even make it to our end destination because we didn't have enough time. We ended up camping twice in between the two points that we were going to. So so we started where I parked the truck, and it was about four miles, which doesn't sound far at all. But when there's no trail, it's yeah. way farther than you think. Um, we made it about three quarters of the way there. Uh, we had to stop and rest and, and do a night in the middle of this random field uh, because we were super dehydrated. We had an injury, being me. Um, so I was like, we need to stop for the night, settle down, bunker down. Then we kept going only to find that our map didn't show us that we were just walking right into a lake instead of going around it. So we stopped at the edge of the lake and stayed there and said, all right, we got to find our way back. We're not, I'm not going to make it in time for work on Monday morning. So we got to go back. But the lesson well, learned there for the, for like your minimalism is take what you actually need, take what you're actually going to use, and don't take more than that because it's not worth it. Yeah. 
yeah, in, you need to be safe about it in, in those cases as well. Like you obviously bring enough food and stuff, but yeah, you have to try it out a couple of times. So like, it's good to bring, bring a bunch of, bring a bunch of stuff the first time and then you'll see what you use and make your mental notes, write down like a list of stuff that you used. And then next time when you're packing, you'll be like, oh, this is the stuff that I was using the most. I didn't need, I didn't use any of this stuff. And yeah, it's a great way to simplify your life. Definitely. Applying that same philosophy to, you know, you can even apply it to your job, to, you know, your your house or wherever you live. You can apply it to so many things, your friends even, you know, I mean, there are plenty of people, you look on your Facebook page and people have like thousands of friends. Like how many of those people are actually your friend? <laughs> like there's That's only true. a handful. So how about you focus your efforts and your time on those people who, you know, really are, you know, genuinely your friends and not just post stuff on Facebook for the sake of getting another follower that doesn't really care about what you're doing. Yeah, man. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, I've actually done deep dives into my, into like friends and, but more of like for the reason of just not being, trying, trying not to be on social media, like trying to not be involved with Instagram and scrolling and stuff and Facebook. And um, yeah, I just, I don't follow anyone on Instagram just to keep myself from doing this. And uh, it, it works out pretty well for me, but I do miss out on some things that I would like to see from my friends, you know? So it's a balance that you just try and reach, you know, it's all about finding a balance. Yeah. I think one of the things in that regard specifically and what I'm finding from a lot of people is that when you don't know what your friends were doing, you have that much more to talk about when you see them. Exactly. Right. Because when you sit down at the table and, you know, let's say you and I were friends for 10 years or 20 years and, uh, you start telling me a story about, oh, hey, the other day I went for a hike in New Zealand and da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I saw it already. Cool. You don't get yeah. the chance to make that connection and hear the story like genuinely from that person. And what kind of a relationship is that? It's the relationships that are these modern day relationships, man. It's it's weird now. It's 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 super unnatural. You can feel it when you're having a conversation. Like, I didn't even tell you this story and you know about it. But I mean, I've just, I've been doing it to you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what I've put myself out there to do that specific thing and just to share. But so obviously, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a difference there, right? When, when you're having those conversations or when you're kicking back and having a beer, it's different hearing that story when you haven't heard it or don't know anything about it. Then if you have this like cursory knowledge that you went and did something, then, then the story becomes disinteresting and, that's just not fun for anybody. You know, I want yeah. to, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. I want to see what you made and I want to hear how you felt about it. It's more uh, genuine. It's more authentic and it feels like it's more grounded as opposed to this, like you said, right? Scroll, scroll, scroll all day yeah, long. Man, yeah. 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 Totally, man. Well, I appreciate the time, Ryan. Um, we're, we're coming up on an hour here. So thank you for everything. Um, I look forward to sending you my terrible workouts and hopefully motivating you to start getting <laughs> back on it. Uh, but more importantly, I can't wait to see more of your content and what you do with it coming out. And I hope that your move to the UK goes smoothly. Hopefully that transition is easy for you. And uh, yeah, hopefully you uh, you find a new way to get that experience that you're looking for, brother. I appreciate coming on, man. This is awesome. This is super fun. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to these uh, messages from you. So <laughs> they'll be what, on. what kind of exercises are you doing? Okay, so typically I run. I, I'm, a, I'm a runner. I'm okay. probably the fattest long-distance runner you've ever seen. Right on. Um, so I, I just that's my thing, right? Because for me, when I get into a zone, you get into that runner's high. Yep. That is second to being out in the wilderness and being completely free. The only yeah. thing I've found that's close to that is that runner's high when you just, you don't realize how far you've been running and all of a sudden you have to turn around and you realize, Oh my God, I'm five miles away from the house. I still have to get all the way back. Yeah. Um, that's typically what I do. Um, cool. Other than that, it's just, I have a stationary bike and, you know, push ups, sit ups, pull ups, body Same weight me, stuff. Man. Yeah. It's, Same it's, as me. I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm not Schwarzenegger. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to be sending you uh, my runs as well. Yes.
Yours are going to be excited. a lot more prettier, though. <laughs> uh, you can you can find those pretty places. You're going to go running down. I don't know what Rochester looks like, actually, so I have no idea. <laughs> it's it's a standard, you know, mid-sized city. So, okay. but either way, I will I will start sending them to you. And when you move, uh, send me your address. I'm going to send you this book. I'm just going to send it to you. I, I do want you to read it. I think you'll get a lot out of it. It'll be a, a fun read for you. Appreciate that, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, cheers.